If you fail, do it again. It's free. Costs nothing to run a crowdfunding campaign. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Normally, we have Kamanzi Constable join us from Maui, Hawaii. He is out traveling the world doing his speaking thing. And so I thought, man, if you're going to have someone step in Kamanzi's place, it better be the guest that we have this evening. And that is Zach Bob from Crowdfund Genius. Zach, welcome back to Star of the Doubts. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be back on. Come on. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. It's not your first rodeo, man. You, you've been a guest on the show before. Yes, yes, I have. I, I had a great time last time, so I'm excited for this one. What is it, about a year ago? It has been, uh, I would say, a, at least a year. And, man, let's just go there. Like, What was your first experience like, Star of the Doubts, a year ago? And then from there, let's talk about some of the cool things that have opened up in the last year. Oh, man. Um, honestly, you know, last time when I was on Star of the Doubts, it was one of my first podcast episodes to actually – or first podcast for me to actually appear on. And – um. No kid. Yeah, and afterwards, something really cool happened. I was helping my dad do a little a side job, and uh, he's into like home repairs or home remodeling, and uh, I put it on, and that was the first time he actually ever. He never even listens to my podcast, but that was the first time <laughs> he actually heard me talk, and I think he was really impressed with it. So, yeah, that was kind of an interesting little story from the last episode. Oh man, that's the best. You know, that happened to me too. Like my mom, she won't always listen to Star of the Outs, although she has on occasion. But there was an episode. Where I was fortunate to be a guest, it was uh, Amy Robles. I believe you know Amy Zach, or you met her. And Amy had allowed me to be on her show, and, and for some reason, my mom listened to that, and uh, she was, you know, all proud of me and stuff. And I'm like, I've been doing this almost two years. But, <laughs> that's cool, man. I, I love it. So sometimes that's that's all that it needs to be, Zach. It just needs to be a couple of people that uh, hear it and they're happy for you. So I'm I'm sure it was more than that, but I'm glad that uh, your dad got the chance to check that out. Yeah, definitely. All right, so crowdfund genius is something we talked about because at the time I was just so excited because crowdfunding was a way that Dan and uh, Dan Franks and I had used Kickstarter to get podcast movement off the ground. And uh, you know, I don't even want to pretend here that that was something just the two of us did. I mean, we were blessed to have a lot of friends and a lot of people in our network that jumped in and and supported that and made that possible. But it was a huge eye opener for me. See, okay, you know, this is a whole new world out there of possibilities for someone that's thinking, I don't have the resources. I have a really good idea, but where am I going to begin? And, and then you started your podcast, Crowdfund Genius, where you were just sharing conversations with people that had just gone out and just made it work. Sometimes they failed, sometimes they hit it right out of the first attempt. And so I would, if we were to narrow it down, boil it down, I know that's really hard to say. What, what are some of the takeaways that you've learned from having those conversations that have now led you into doing this full-time as a consultant? Oh, man. Um, where to begin? I, one thing is, for especially for people that are kind of, you know, they kind of fear it a little bit. A lot of people, some you have two groups of people. You see people that kind of look at Kickstarter and they're like, oh, man, look at this guy that made millions of dollars on Kickstarter. And they kind of get that little get-rich-quick scheme kind of in their head. But other people will take a look at it and say, oh, man, that's really intimidating. I don't know if I can run that. And there is a large amount of work that goes behind with some of these campaigns, especially the really, really big ones that everybody is just in awe over. But uh, one of the things that I kind of took from this is that, one, if you run a crowdfunding campaign, I, I suggest that you just go ahead and do it. You know, don't don't let that fear overcome you, because even if you fail, you're going to generate at least some backers. And a few of those backers, you'll be able to convert to an email list, and then you'll be able to run a second campaign. And I've seen a ton of these campaigns that fail the very first time, but their second go around, they really knock it out of the park because one, they had the experience, 
they kind of understand a little bit more about how to plan and how to prepare for a crowdfunding campaign. And two, they have that group of backers that usually jump on on the very first day. That same group of backers from that previous campaign, if you relaunch, I'm pretty sure they're going to jump on. They already paid you once, so they'll be willing to pay you a second time for that same product, knowing that it's got a greater chance of success the second time around. Zach, one of the things I love about your stories is that you kind of just started out sharing stories on the, on your podcast, Crowdfund Genius Podcast, which is awesome. Uh, you're still doing it. Go check that out if people haven't already. But you've transitioned not just from doing a podcast sharing stories. You're like full-time consultant. You're working with brands. You're working with organizations. You're working with clients who are saying, Zach, we want to tap into your expertise and make this happen together. So tell us how you went just from the podcast to now you know, working with clients and doing this stuff. Oh, man. I think I might have said this last time. I'm not sure. But one thing I didn't expect is when I first started podcasting, which was about six months before you and I first talked on uh, the first Star of the Doubts episode. When I first started, I didn't really expect that instant credibility. And when people were first asking me questions, I'll be honest, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know the answers Mm -hmm. to some of those crowdfunding questions. And um, now I do, you know, over time, after several interviews and running a few campaigns, getting some of those under my belt. Now I kind of, you know, know exactly what to say, especially when it comes to consulting. But I kind of forgot what the main question was. I was just getting wrapped up in this. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, the the question is you went from someone who's doing interviews with people who had successful campaigns, and now you're actually working with clients and helping them with their own campaigns and having success with that. How did it go from just I'm sharing conversations on a podcast and now I have a business and my business is consulting and helping people have successful crowdfunding campaigns? Well, I mean... You can't have wins without losses, and it took me a few tries before I got it perfect. But um, how did I go full time? I, I mean, I kind of already just jumped head in for head first. You know, I mean, when I was in Kuwait, when I, you and I first met, I was podcasting from there, and then when I got back to the states, I said this is what I was going to do, and um, I stuck with it. You know, it, it wasn't easy. You know, it was hard at the beginning. I had a little bit of savings saved up that we were living off of in the beginning, and got the first client, got the second client, got the third client, and then it just kept rolling. You know, I mean, it's all, it's kind of like that 80, 20 rule, you know, where like 20% of the work will yield like most of the results where that other 80%, you know, maybe it doesn't, maybe it does. So the very first client, I'll forget my very first client that I had. Actually, let's go back to the very first time I had a consultation. The very first time I had a consultation, I don't think she walked away that very impressed, you know, and then <laughs> <laughs> how can that be, Zach? You are Zach, know, right. But uh, the very first one, I don't believe they walked away too impressed. And, you know, I had to build on that. And I mean, I self-taught everything. So I had to build on everything. But all the way down to the actual emails that you send up, following up with people. I was horrible about following up with people in the beginning. And now I follow up like a lot, you know, constantly trying to follow up. And then it just led from there. I really can't really explain it. I just kind of did it. And it's such a new industry that a lot of people are flocking to it. And a lot of people are going to crowdfunding because they want to learn more. So honestly, by putting the podcast out there, throwing up the website and offering consultations, that's really kind of what's done it for me. I mean, going on Star of the Doubts was huge. Just the other day when you posted in podcast movement about me, I got like four or five or six different messages about trying to for, for consultations. So I mean, it, a lot wow. of friends like you and other people, and I've met a ton of people in the industry, and uh, something that I did do with the podcast is I went out and started interviewing um, other services that or people that offer other services or companies that offer other services to the crowdfund- people running a crowdfunding campaign, like crowdfunding creators. And I had them on for a quick episode. It'd be like 10 or 15 minutes, and they'd kind of explain their services. I'd ask them questions. They'd answer. They'd give prices, and they'd tell you why their services, like, you know, why that you should choose their service. And I gave them all free promotion through the uh, podcast. And afterwards, they were sending clients my way as well if they weren't offering that type of service. So that was another thing that I did that kind of helped out. 
Okay, so Zach, is it realistic for someone to say, all right, going from the, you know, kind of like the Drake song, I'm starting from the bottom, now I'm here. Is that realistic with a crowdfunding campaign? I mean, can just anybody walk into a campaign and if they do it, you know, with a certain strategy and do it the right way, come out on top? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's kind of the, the main thing behind it. And that's what everybody hopes when they're going into a crowdfunding campaign. And I hear people say, oh, well, you know, all these big campaigns, you know, when they get like a million dollars, it's trouble for them and everything. But that's what they were hoping for. You know, when they went in there, that's what right. they were hoping for. So if they didn't plan for it, they should have planned for it. But um, yeah, you can. I think you can. Yes. Um, as long as you got nice margins, you know, your profit margins, you make sure that, you know, you're selling your product and you account for all the shipping. And also another thing that people get snagged up on is certain countries have restrictions on certain things that you can ship in and out of their countries. And that could be a huge headache in the long run if you don't account for that in advance. All right. So, Zach, Kamanzi and I a while ago, we were talking about the book Stop Chasing Influencers. And we had had a conversation with a publisher, which is Sound Wisdom. They've been unbelievably generous to us. And we agreed uh, that we would attempt to do a crowdfunding campaign for the book because it was uh, it's kind of a new territory for authors. I know there's authors that have had successful crowdfunding campaigns, but at least in the circles that we're running in with this publisher, there's not a lot of those authors that have attempted this. And so we had had the conversation with them. They're like, hey, we would like you to try this. And I mean, I told Kamanzi right out of the gate, I was like, I don't even want to mess with this unless we're working with someone like Zach, because while Dan and I were very fortunate and we were lucky with podcast movement, I mean, I, it was kind of lightning in a bottle. It, it felt like we were in the right place at the right time. And, and some things just kind of went our way with a book. It's a different animal. We need to be at a bare minimum. We need to be having a conversation with Zach. And uh, dude, for whatever reason, in the kindness of your heart, you have allowed us to work with you because I know you're busy and I know you get a lot of really cool offers. Uh, so I guess that's a question I have is, is what is it about a book? from, you know, just a couple of guys that are friends with you. What is it about a book that got you excited to say, hey, you know, it's a campaign that I would be a part of? Well, one, I kind of like the book message. I really do. I, I think Stop Chasing Influencers, I think that's a great message because that was something that I was kind of caught up with for, I'd say, several years, to be honest. I mean, when I was listening to podcasts, you know, and I just absorbed this content and I would never act on it or even try to act on it. You know, I'd know exactly what to do, but I never did it. I didn't have that confidence, I think. But, um, one, I love the message of the book. I love both of you guys, Kamanzi and Jared. And I, honestly, that's the main reason why is, I mean, I appreciate what you guys are doing in the podcasting industry. I love what you guys have done with podcast movement. I love the fact that you guys are coming out with the, the new podcast. Uh, you and Dan are coming out with a new podcast for a uh, keynote speaker or for the speakers from podcast movement. I think that's yep. really cool. You talked me into having the, uh, Oklahoma, uh, being a part of uh, the Oklahoma podcasting summit that we threw here in Oklahoma City. So that was another thing. And I, when it finally clicked to me that you guys were like going around starting these groups or pushing people to start these groups in all these different cities. And it, it was like, hey, they really are starting a movement. So, I mean, I just wanted to be a part of something and I just kind of wanted to work with you and Kamanzi. Well, I, we certainly appreciate that. And okay, you, you mentioned uh, maybe that lack of confidence that you might have had in the past, which I don't sense anymore, Zach. And I don't know that I sense that uh, in the beginning. You, and, and to prove my point, you're like a over-the-top Raiders fan. And <laughs> I gotta say, like, <laughs> I'm sure season after season, you've, you've kind of wondered if that might have been the best, you know, team to root for, but you're, you're diehard. But anyway, that said, I was lacking a little confidence, and I know the show is called Star of the Doubt, so shame on me. But I was initially thinking, oh man, a crowdfunding campaign for a book, is that the best move? Is that overplayed? Is it, you know, how are we going to be different? What angle is going to you know, work for us? And, and I kind of had those questions in my head, Zach. And 
man, I just feel like in this process of you and I and Kamazi kind of putting this together, that even in the, the moments where I was like, man, I'm just not sure is this, is this you know, really going to come together? And I guess there is no guarantees. You've just been, you know, blind faith. Like, no, this is going to happen. This is going to, you know, let's just put it together. Let's do it. And uh, okay. So for someone like myself, who's excited about the book and wants to see it succeed, saying, oh man, I'm, I'm not sure about the campaign. You know, is that, is that uh, going to work for us versus you saying, dude, this is, there is no other option, but this to work. Well, how is it that you've been so confident that this is going to work. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot because we haven't launched it yet. Um, well, I so. mean, yeah, we haven't launched it yet. And I don't know. I go into campaigns a little overconfident as it is most of the times. I mean, we ran so many. We've worked on so many. We've been a part of so many. We've studied so many. I mean, we know what we need to do. It's just the matter of actually doing it, you know, and that's kind of the I don't know. I mean, I just I'm confident in person now. Like you said, I don't have that lack of confidence that I had back in the day. And it was just something that clicked in me. And uh, yeah, I don't really worry too much. I think your campaign's going to be just fine. I don't have any concerns about it or anything like that. So the campaign is coming up, Zach. We've kind of alluded to it. And we're doing a, a, what appears to be a Kickstarter campaign at this point. Kickstarter campaign for a Stop Chasing Influencers. So when we were mapping this out, let's just talk. I don't want to do a big reveal and give away all your, your strategies and stuff. But what were some of the things you were thinking about? When you're saying, okay, this is a crowdfunding campaign for a new book. Overfunding. That, that was something that I've, I think about with every single campaign. And um, sometimes some of my clients, they'll listen. And sometimes, you know, they'll choose to do it their way. But when it comes to something that I call overfunding, I think a lot of other people in the crowdfunding industry might call it overfunding as well. And just to give an example of what overfunding is, it's whenever uh, you purposely set your crowdfunding campaign goal low. And um, if you hit that crowdfunding campaign goal, you'll get a little help from Kickstarter. You'll get a little help from Indiegogo because they have an algorithm in place. And what that algorithm is, I mean, 90 percent of crowdfunding campaigns fail. And that is a fact. 90 percent of crowdfunding campaigns do fail. And that's usually first timers. And a lot of them will only get less than 20 backers when those campaigns fail. And that's because of the lack of preparation or lack of work or even the lack of a crowdfunding video that they put into it. But uh, overfunding, what it is, is whenever you have a low goal, and I've seen this time and time again with these crowdfunding campaigns, especially these ones that shoot through the roof. I mean, everybody's heard of Coolest Cooler, and I know currently, here recently, they've kind of been coming in the spotlight because they're having trouble fulfilling those orders. But Coolest Cooler failed the first time around. But I mean, it's kind of a small fail. They were like at $96,000 when they had a $100,000 goal. Actually, you know what? That might be a bad example. That's so close. Yeah, right. But they're $4,000 short. But what that tells you is that they were only $4,000 short. So he knew that, you know, if he ran a second campaign and he set that at the same amount, which is $100,000, that he'd have nine, uh, close to $96,000 from the people that wanted to back the previous time. And then on the very first day, he surpassed his goal of $100,000. And then everybody knows the story after that. It went up to like $11 million for his crowdfunding campaign. But to, to give a better example of a smaller campaign, um, a while back, there's a campaign on Kickstarter. It's known as Splash Drone. Splash Drone was a waterproof drone, and it's actually down in the Florida area. And he um he needed fifty thousand dollars for his minimum purchase order. And I tell a lot of people about this that hey, you know, you, sometimes you got to roll the dice and just take a chance. And um, I spoke with him. We talked. I informed him. I said, like, hey man, you got to try to overfund this thing. If you set your campaign goal low, and he already had an expensive product, which is a drone. So if you set your campaign goal low, then Kickstarter's going to see that because you know Kickstarter and Indiegogo they want to make money too. And if you're one of the ninety percent that fell within that first forty eight hours, there's an algorithm in place. And if your campaign looks like it's going to fail within that first 48 hours, they're just going to kind of push you to the back burner. 
Mm. Now, if your campaign is funded within the first 48 hours, why not go ahead and put you up a popular project or make you a staff pig? Because now you're actually making Kickstarter or Indiegogo money. I mean, they're a business too. So that's how the algorithm kind of works. So if you set your campaign goal low and if you get close to it or if you hit it all within the first 48 hours, you're going to get that extra little bump or that extra little help that comes from the being on those those platforms. Okay. So you have seen what works. You've seen things that didn't work. So when doing a book campaign, was this, oh, okay, so that's a question. Is this your first book crowdfunding campaign? To actually run or to like yes. consult with? Yeah, to be a part of. I've consulted on crowd, uh, book campaigns, but this will be the first one to actually be like this involved in. Okay. And uh, were some of those other campaigns hitting their goals? Yes. Actually, everyone that I worked on a consultation with, I believe, actually hit their goal. Okay, cool. And and so we determined kind of a, an amount. We decided, you know, let, let's uh, play it a little bit safe. And so we, we went a little bit lower. We probably could have gone higher. And we said it, okay, $4,000 is our minimum goal. We're obviously wanting to make more than that. Do you think that's uh, the right decision? I mean, you and I have kind of talked off recording, but let's just uh, chat here on the podcast. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that's the right decision. Uh, kind of 4000 is kind of my go-to number, to be honest, whenever it comes to a crowdfunding campaign, unless you've already run one in the past or you've got like a significant amount of backers or you already have a product in place and you're just kind of introducing a new one. Why 4000 Easy to get to. <laughs> if we could set it at 100 we'd set it at 100 but that kind of, you know, that looks bad and it's kind of frowned upon. <laughs> you talked about that guy that- you know, he tried to hit $100,000 the second time, and he got $11 million. I hope we're cursed with that problem, Zach. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how likely that is for a book. But, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, with, uh, with Stop Chasing Influencers, I mean, you, you guys got a great following. Jared, you got a great following. Kamanzi's got a great following. You've got a large list of influencers that are willing to help out, and I'm sure they're going to, you know, throw in some shares, throw in some tweets, and maybe even hit their email list or something like that to kind of share a little bit more about your campaign. That's why I'm going into this so confident, I think. Yeah, well, I do feel more confident with the number of $4,000. We did podcast moment. We were trying for 10000 and we saw that number hit, you know, within the first day. So what happened next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it ended up getting up over triple what that amount was. So that was a, an event that wasn't proven. That was a situation we just went to some friends and said, hey, will you speak at this thing that doesn't exist yet? <laughs> Had enough of those people say yes. And then, okay, let's just put this together. And we did. And bam, you know, we're, we're, we got an event on our hands that is growing and growing and growing. And yeah, that's a blessing, not a curse. But man, there's some uh, craziness that has come with that. But it's been pretty exciting. So for this book to be at $4,000, I feel pretty comfortable because I'm thinking, shoot, man, if, uh, you know, worst case scenario, maybe Kamanzi's mom will, you know, buy 4,000 books or something. <laughs> but, uh, I'm joking, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're looking forward to it. So Zach, tell us about some of the other campaigns that you've been a part of. Uh, we just had a recent one, which is one of our bigger ones that actually hit. It was called Cujo. You can look it up on Indiegogo. Now I am a big Kickstarter fan. I'm a big Indiegogo fan too. You know, I'm a, a fan of both of those platforms, but uh, if it came one or the other, I'd always choose Kickstarter just because of the fact that it's got more eyes. It's got more website visitors and they've had more money go through their platform than Indiegogo. But again, some people want to go with Indiegogo for one reason or another. And uh, this campaign was on Indiegogo. It was called Cujo. It's a wireless router. And this campaign was especially important to me because uh, back in like May, I work in a co-working space and uh, somebody in the co-working space was also running a campaign for something very similar. And they chose not to go, you know, not to hire me or they really only consulted with me, like just kind of in person, just here and there. And they really didn't take any of the advice. And uh, that campaign didn't do so well. 
And then so all of a sudden I got presented with this opportunity for this campaign with Cujo to kind of work on it and kind of help them guys get funded. It was really great because, I mean, we crushed it. We ended up with like $235,000 raised through Indiegogo. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was the crowdfunding goal again was like $50,000. I think we set it low with purpose of overfunding, ran a few contests to build an email list in advance. And uh, again, they had a little bit more money behind them to uh, actually spend on like Facebook advertising and Google ads and things like that to kind of help boost that campaign to kind of get it over those numbers. But we hit the goal within the first two days. We ended up on the Indiegogo newsletter, which is huge because if you get on that newsletter, it goes out to like, I think last time I talked, I said it was like 11 million people. So I'm sure it's like doubled by then, at least 22, 20 million people that probably get that newsletter from Indiegogo. And if you get a 1% conversion on that, then, you know, that's through the roof. So also the very next day after coming out in the Indiegogo newsletter, which was a huge push, they also had an article appear in Fast Company, which we had kind of coached them on how to go after PR and how to acquire that type of um, write-up. And uh, the, after being in Fast Company, they ended up having like thirty-three dollars or $40,000 day on the second day, right following a $60,000 day. So, I mean, they really crushed it within that very first week. All right, Zach, you, uh, no turning back now. You got some other exciting stuff coming up. Sounds like more and more people are finding out, hey, this is the guy to go to. For someone who's going to be a brave soul in 2016 and do their own campaign, what's one or two things that they really want to keep in mind as they're going into that? Build your list first. When you're building your list, you know, message them. Don't just add emails to your MailChimp and never send them a message because as soon as you message them, they're all going to just start dropping and unsubscribing. So build that list first. And remember overfunding. Do not forget about overfunding. And one last little secret here is uh, cross-promoting. Get with other campaigns. Talk to them. Ask them if they would be interested in cross-promoting because everybody's after the same thing, and that's backers. What is cross-promoting? Uh, cross-promoting is whenever you contact like another campaign. For example, all right, let's say for Stop Chasing Influencers, we, we could go out and we could reach out to other crowdfunding campaigns that have been uh, books or entrepreneur-related books or even entrepreneur-related products or anything that's kind of in that niche. We could go out and talk to them and say, hey, especially if they're live and they're already funding right now, you can go ahead and start sharing their information daily and kind of letting them know that, you know, send them a tweet or share their article and mention them in the tweet and say, hey, you know, I've shared your article. I was hoping in return, whenever we go live, you'd be interested in posting an update to your backers and just kind of mention our campaign in that update. Go ahead with your regularly scheduled update like, hey, you know, we got funded today. This is what happened. And. We're going to start shipping on this date. Also, did you check out this other campaign that our friends who've kind of been helping us promote is running right now? And what it does is it sends an email to every single one of those backers. So if you were to get with Coolest Cooler and you were to get them to cross-promote with you and they posted an update to 62,000 backers, you can kind of imagine what that's going to do for your campaign. I mean, you only got to get so many to click on it and then it's going to start building up more for you. No, that's good. I remember coming to you, Zach, and saying, hey, I noticed John Lee Dumas. uh, He's got the Freedom Journal. They're going to be doing a crowdfunding campaign. My first thought is we don't want to overlap with that. And you came back with a different perspective on that. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I said that's great news. <laughs> so that's awesome news because, I mean, one, I imagine that John Lee would be in your circle a little bit so you can kind of contact with him or message him and kind of work out a cross-promotion deal with them. Like, hey, you know, you guys are launching on this date. We're already going to be live. So we wouldn't mind posting an update for you if you would post an update for us after about a week of you being live. Now, in fairness, that conversation with John Lee has not happened. So there, I don't want to, for people to be like, oh, okay, this is coming. It hasn't but happened it, it, with it, John Lee, but it has happened with their, uh, the gentlemen that are helping him with this campaign. Okay, well, it, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, the direction that that goes in. But yeah, Zach, I, I got to say, man, 
I really feel very comfortable in, in telling friends and telling people that listen to this podcast and anyone who's considering crowdfunding that at a bare minimum, they need to be listening to your podcast and they absolutely should be reaching out to you to uh, consider you know working with you one-on-one to make this thing happen because dude you've poured hours and hours and months and time into this you just know what's happening you're very efficient with where the direction of the industry is going what works what is going to set someone up for failure so i hope that people listen to this podcast and they say hey i'm going to do a campaign at a bare minimum i want to go check out zach's podcast but i hope they take that step further and say zach let's try to work together yeah Definitely contact us and also not just the podcast. Uh, have you seen any of our videos yet, Jared? I've seen a few of them and what I've seen so far is amazing. And then you've done some incredible, uh, let's just bring this up and be honest. You've done some incredible work for Kamanzi and I, uh, where the videos for our campaign are, are videos that actually you and your team have made. Yeah, that's, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we made some of those videos. I'm, I, I enjoy the videos. I think they're great and I, I can't wait to see what the audience thinks of them. Well, I agree. So I, Zach, how do people, contact you if they're saying, okay, I'm convinced, Zach, somebody I, I know that I want to uh, have a chat with about campaigns. What is the next step for them? Just send me an email, ZachBob, Z-A-C-B-O-B at crowdfundgenius.com. Crowdfundgenius.com. And all right, Zach, uh, I always ask this, what, what's your final thoughts, man, for that person saying, hey, you know, everyone else can do this, but me, but me, I don't know about this. I don't have that big list. I don't have this. Uh, what are you going to tell them? Who cares? I mean, if you fail, <laughs> if you fail, do it again. It's free costs nothing to run a crowdfunding campaign. Okay. And is there any gotchas that somebody wants to be mindful of? I know uh, sometimes Indiegogo and, and, well, not sometimes, but Indiegogo, Kickstarter, they take a percentage. Any other kind of gotchas that that someone new to this might want to have a heads up on? Yeah, definitely be aware of those percentages. They take around seven and a half to nine to 10%, and that's credit card transaction fees. 5% goes to the platform. So that's something to keep in mind on. And it's almost universally known amongst the crowdfunding, like everybody that are kind of repeat crowdfunders and have been running campaigns for a little bit that you launch on a Tuesday. And the reason for launching on a Tuesday is when you're trying to acquire press, their inboxes are full on Monday and they're checking out at the end of the week. So Tuesday is really your best bet to kind of launch a campaign, get that press release out there and uh, try to get some coverage for your campaign during that first week. That is an excellent tip. And for those that want to check out the Stop Chasing Influencers campaign, we're going to create a link at stopchasinginfluencers.com slash KS, stopchasinginfluencers.com slash KS. That will forward you to the campaign link for Stop Chasing Influencers. We absolutely ask for your help, not just sharing it, but also uh, being a contributor and uh, supporting this campaign. And, And Zach, just thank you so much for being on today. And people can check you out at crowdfundgenius.com, right? That's correct. All right, Zach. Thanks, man. No problem. Ninety percent of crowdfunding campaigns do fail, and that's usually first timers. And a lot of them will only get less than twenty backers when those campaigns fail, and that's because of the lack of preparation or the lack of work or even the lack of a crowdfunding video that they put into it. 